All right, this podcast has mature themes and is not recommended for all listeners due to its graphic nature, plus its uh, legal and liberal marijuana use. All right, hello and welcome to Stone Stories. I'm Abby. And I'm Phil. We get stoned and discuss true crime stories. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. This week, uh, we discuss assault, stalking, fetishes, necrophilia, kidnapping, rape, strangulation, murder, dismemberment, and door-to-door salesmanship. So if you find any of that offensive or triggering, please click off. We will not be offended. All right, and Phil, what is our, our libations? The dabs we are enjoying tonight come from Alaskan Green Acres. It is a Prumis blend. It's quite tasty. Neat. All right, let's try it before we get into it. What is the total THC's? I'm not going to bother reading the turf turf profile. The total THCA in this dab is 73.61%. Not bad. For those of you listening at home, there's going to be a brief pause for the torch. tasty (coughs) our first episode of stone stories is Bizarre Murders. And for my set of Bizarre Murders, I've actually chosen all of the incidents that happened on the Appalachian Trail. Because I've always wanted to hike on it, but I kind of find it terrifying to be out there in the middle of nowhere. A lot of these places without any kind of cell phone reception or even civilization for hundreds of miles around. I never knew you the wanted... Appalachian Trail... Oh, sorry? Oh, I never knew you wanted to hike on the trail. That sounds like fun. Well, the Appalachian Trail is a 2,180-mile-long <coughs> footpath that traverses the wooded and wild, culturally resonant lands of the Appalachian Mountains. 
It was conceived in 1921 and completed in 1937. Uh, the first drawn record on the trail was in 1974. Uh, Joel Paulson, hiking with Margaret McFadden Harriet, was killed by Ralph Howard Fox. Uh, Joel Paulson started out with Harriet on the second day. They reached a low gap shelter and met Ralph in the morning. Ralph and Joel had a um, argument. Ralph shot Joel and <coughs> kept Margaret captive. Wow! And proceeded to hike with her over the next two days to the nearest town. Uh, Margaret remarked that um, Ralph was always polite, even though she was scared out of her mind. Um, Ralph forced her to stay with him until he could catch a bus from the area, and. At that point, um, the authorities caught up with him. He was arrested. Oh, that's good. Uh, later killed Diane Good of Detroit in 92 following his release. <coughs> yeah. Uh, Margaret McFadden Harriet uh, lives to tell the tale, though. Good. Then her next entry is in 1975. Janice Balsa. Um, Janice Balsa was killed by Paul Bigley. There was a detail on this. He turned himself in, uh, having murdered Balsa at Van Deventer Shelter in Tennessee. Oh, too bad. And then, <laughs> this one's my favorite. Randall Lee Smith. In 1981, <laughs> Robert Mountford Jr. and Lauren Susan Ramsey were killed. Randall Lee Smith. Uh, he shot Robert three times and stabbed Laura more than a dozen times. Uh, was released to house arrest, a 10-year probationary period in 1996, ending in 2006. More on that later. Uh, Robert Mountford Jr. and Laura Susan Ramsey, as noted, were um, actually incredible people. They were walking the Appalachian Trail in a charity walk for disabled children. Oh! Damn! That's too bad. Well, I hope they reached their goal then. I mean, shit, that sucks. Our next entry is in 1988. Uh, Rebecca Wright and Susan Ramsey. Uh, Rebecca and Susan were followed by Stephen from a uh, uh, public restroom where he asked one of them for a smoke, but they didn't smoke and they didn't have one. And uh, he followed them to uh, various different campsites. They moved to try to get away from him, and, and they didn't know he followed them again. And, uh... Dude, that's kind of scary. Do you remember how many times we've been walking and people have, like, asked for, like, smokes? Like, aggressively? Right. I had one guy, like, try and, like, block me from getting on the bus. But I, I don't know, I pushed his little ass, so... But apparently, um, 
The two women were having relations in the forest, and the sight of the two women having sex so enraged, uh... What a prude. Stephen Ron Carr, that he shot them eight times, killing Rebecca and injuring Susan. Uh, he got life without parole. Good. He got away. Oh. Which brings us to Joffrey Hood and Molly LaRue in 1990. They were killed by David Cruz. Cruz shot Hood three times. LaRue was bound, tortured, and raped before being stabbed eight times in the throat and back. Uh, Originally, he was sentenced to death. That was repealed to two life sentences without parole. In 1996, Julianne Williams and Lolly Winans, this case, by the way, is still unsolved. They were found uh, bound and gagged with no clothes and their throats slit near uh, Skyline Drive in Shenandoah National Forest. It's still an ongoing investigation to this day. Oh, that's too bad. In 2001, Louise Chaput, 52, a Canadian from Quebec, drove to uh, Pinkham's Grant and reserved a room at the Appalachian Mountain Club. On Friday, she went out for her weekend hike. Upon failing to return uh, the following day, they they found her with multiple stab wounds. Oh, that's very much not an accident. No. (laughs) And this is where we get back to our friend Randall Lee Smith. In 2008, which must have been two two years after his uh, 2006 release... You find him back on the Appalachian Trail, where he shot Sean Farmer and Scott Johnson. Uh, He met the boys. They uh, apparently invited him to dinner, fed him fresh trout and beans. Uh, Oh, how polite. (laughs) Yeah. They sound like good kids. After eating, he says, uh, guys, I gotta get out of here. And I pulled out a pistol and opened fire. I knew it was going to be the train. I knew it was going to be the fucking train. So, I told you. <laughs> um, anyway, go on. It adds atmosphere. Yeah. Go on. Okay, so both of the... Both uh, Johnson and Farmer were uh, wounded, but escaped. And later identified Smith, who was... Uh, Picked up that night when he had crashed the fisherman's stolen pickup. Uh, notable that Randall Lee Smith died from the crash wounds. Oh. Well, I guess that, that turned out for the better. Saving tax money. And that brings us to 2011. Scott Lilly was located in a shallow grave in the George Washington Ontel Ford in Virginia. Lilly died as a result of uh, asphyxia by suffocation they later found from the autopsy. His purple backpack, Ozark Trail, and hiking shoes and other gear was never recovered. 
And it is an unsolved case. Oh, so there's two? Yeah. Well, two so far, I guess. Oh, no, the last one was actually this year. Uh, Ronald Sanchez was killed by James Jordan. Jordan attacked several campers on May 11th in Smith County, Virginia, fatally stabbing Ronald Sanchez and wounding a woman who hiked six miles while bleeding to get help. What a badass. Um, apparently James Jordan had a record on this trail. He told campers he was off his meds several times. Uh... One couple complained that he threatened to cut up and eat their dog. Uh, he chased another group out of a shelter after pulling a knife on them uh, with a shovel. Uh, so he had a knife and a shovel? Well, th- he pulled the knife on them. Uh-huh. And then he chased the group out with the shovel. So I'm not sure how the one progressed to the other, but apparently he switched here. Okay, so there's, he de-escalated. There's, That's awesome. There's a couple strange um, complaints. <laughs> um, he also threatened to pour gas on tents of campers. When they were um, camping in an area he deemed unacceptable. (laughs) That kind of sounds like the guy who yells at cars. The last one really confused me. Because uh, the the group that complained stated he threateningly approached a group with a guitar. I don't know if he had the guitar in his possession or the group was playing the guitar when he approached. Okay. Wow, so a strange complaint and a and confusing grammar, so that's awesome. Um That's why no one has ever hired me to uh type things for them that are important. And that's the total number of murders that have happened in the Appalachian Trail. It's actually incredibly safe. Only uh, 1 in 20 million people die hiking the trail. Oh, cool. Alright, so... It's just uh, very popular, I guess. So there's bound to be some. Um, yeah, so let's get on to my my strange one. And mine is not a collection of murders, but rather a uh one one um one gentleman if you can call him that. I'm I don't know what to call it. Animal, I guess. Creature. He consumed oxygen for a time. Um but I am going to cover the lust killer or uh, shoe fetish slayer, also known as Jerry Brudos. Um, so this demon entered the world on January thirty first, nineteen thirty nine, in Webster, South Dakota, United States. And he died in March, uh, tw- he died on March, uh, 28th, 2006 in Salem, Oregon. 
while serving life in prison for murdering uh, four women. All right. So anyway, as a young boy, um, he developed a shoe fetish, hence the name, at the age of five after he was caught playing with spiked heels by his mother, and she uh, punished him by uh, burning them in front of him and belittling him. So apparently, like, the I watched a documentary, and, like, that really, like, like that messed him up. Like, I don't know, she, like, wanted a girl, so he was, like, I don't know, he was all messed up. I don't know, he had mommy issues, and that's why, like, that's why he said he murdered four women. Um, but we'll get on to that. Yeah, it couldn't have been just that, right? Yeah, no, he, uh, there's also, we'll get, there's more, um... (laughs) There, there's a reason there's so many notes. But anyway, he reportedly tried to steal his uh, uh, first grade teacher's heels uh, after, like, his other heels that he got from the dump uh, were burned. Like, and they were really poor, so apparently that's where he got, like, a lot of his, like, like entertainment items was from the dump. Like, cool. You do you. No judgment. Um, unless you murder four women. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, anyway, like, throughout his, like, young life, he can, he can, he continued to escalate his behavior by stealing women, women's underwear for less than pure reasons. Um, eventually stalking women, uh, knocking them down, choking them unconscious, and fleeing with their shoes. So, like, as soon as he was big enough, he would, like, uh, like, pop out, uh, from women, like, coming home from work or something. And, uh, like, strangle them or knock them unconscious and then flee with their shoes. Because that's how he got his jollies off, you know? Um... But anyway, his first official run-in with the law was at 17 uh, when he abducted and beat a woman who he threatened to stab if if she refused to follow his sexual demands. Um, He served nine months at the psychiatric ward of the Oregon State Hospital, uh, the one from the 1975 movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, the one that they filmed, the filming location, so to speak, um, at its height of its overcrowding, and both on the Wikipedia and the uh, documentaries I watched, um, he, like, he apparently, like, it was so overcrowded, and, like, he was, like, a little white boy, so he could do whatever he wanted, so he just continued to abuse people in there, Um, because he was just, like, slightly more intelligent than the other people in there. Um, but during that time, he was diagnosed with, uh, borderline schizophrenia. Um, however, despite being hospitalized, uh, he graduated in, um, 1957 and became a, 
electrician or electrician electronics technician um after he was deemed safe to return to society so i don't know who the, who did this but like he didn't really get any help they just like like oh you were quiet for nine months good job like they didn't force him to get therapy um like adequate therapy i think and i mean it was the 50s so you know they were still doing like lobotomies and like shock therapy and like yeah yeah i don't imagine that helps much no it really didn't like like later on in life he said uh like he would rather go to jail than go back to the like loony bin i think which i mean i i get you know um but anyway after high school he has trouble finding a job so he goes into the the army um and he's stationed in Monterey Bay California in 1957 um, however, he continues to suffer from dreams and hallucinations, which par- prompts him to go to the military shrink, and they decide to uh, discharge him because, like, they're like, you're too disturbed. Like, we can't, we can't give you a gun. Um, so he went back to his uh, cold and abusive mother where he, where she made him sleep in the shed behind her house. And then he, um, during this time, he resumed stealing panties and escalating, and escalated to assault again. Um, however, during this time, he got, like, he sort of, um, he, like, chameleoned into a semi-normal person. Uh, he got a job working for, uh, I think it was a either a TV station or a radio station. Um, and he got set up on a date with a 17-year-old um, named Darcy. Now, here's the weird thing. On the Wikipedia and online, it says Darcy, but in the documentary, it said Ralphine. So I don't know if they changed her name for the documentary. Or, um, I mean, she, like, after he got arrested, Mm. she divorced him and terminated his parental rights and changed all their names. So, I mean, obviously she doesn't want to be found, so I'm just going to continue to call her wife. But I did cry, you know. Anyway, um, so... They started, like, going on little dates and stuff. He ended up getting her pregnant. And uh, since it was, like, 1960, the end of 1961, um, they got married in uh, 19, in the spring of 1962. Because, you know, that's what you did. Um, And it lasted to it lasted until the year after his arrest, uh, with when her and her children changed their names. Uh, in the beginning of the marriage, he had some strange demands for her. Um, he demanded she cook and do housework naked, except for a pair of heels. 
uh, while he photographed her and uh, refute or forbid her, which I mean, like, this part gets me because I'm like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, try and forbid me to do something. Just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but I mean, these guys, like, they. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Anyway, so he uh, set up his, like, workspaces where he developed the pictures in, like, attics and, um, like, spare rooms. Like, because during this time he had, like, problems keeping a job because he's kind of a, you know, he's got a screw loose. Basically, as we will later find out. Um, but... He wasn't just, uh, like, when he was knocking the women out and, like, taking their shoes, apparently he was taking pictures of them first sometimes, and then developing them. It, he's, there was, like, a whole thing they found. Um. But, yeah, in every, like, house they had to move into, he, like, redid his, like, workshop, as he called it. Uh, that his children and family, like, weren't allowed to go into because he ended up, like, during their, like, short marriage, they had, uh, two children. Oh, yeah, rooms that no one is allowed to enter, or it's not a good sign. No, 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 that's why I'm suspicious of, like, like, that we can't, like, open the trunk. Like, what's in the trunk? Who knows? The door panel, supposedly. Oh, okay. Sure. Um. <laughs> oh, so yeah, they moved all throughout the Willamette Valley. Um. So he started stalking women again. Um. Oh, sorry. So, shortly after the, um, birth of his second child, is everything okay? Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll edit that out. Um, I fucked up anyway. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. If you edit it, it leaves a blank spot. The fuck-ups had character. Okay. All right, we suck, sorry. Um, but anyway, he moved all throughout the Willamette, Willamette Valley, but after she gave birth to his second child, she started, like, refusing to play his games because, like, she had two children to raise and he was off being, like, a little weirdo at night. And, like, I imagine it was just, like, a marriage of convenience. Like, that's what the research at least seemed to me to be. Um, but anyway, so when she started to refuse to play his games, he started stalking women again, eventually following one home from a bus stop, uh, waited for her to go to sleep and turn off all the lights to break in and steal her clothes. Um, cause he also like had a thing for cross-dressing too, um, However, she woke up to find him, find a, like, Jerry going through her closet, and 
yell at him like you know she just like woke up and like saw this like motherfucker in her closet like what are you doing um and he uh like jumped on her and strangled her and uh raped her um and shortly after this at at 28 he left photos of himself cross-dressing to get a reaction from his um wife she ignored him because like you know if you're not gonna like not go in the room like not gonna ask questions about she didn't apparently didn't even ask questions about the room she wasn't allowed to go in i i i I mean bless her i'm not that i'm not that one um (laughs) so Right, and there's, like, two kids, so I imagine they, like, at some point they needed the space, but he, he, like, he said it was for developing or, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, he, you know, she was busy raising two children, and she didn't have time for his, like, bullshit. You know, she's like, okay, well, that's, you know... It's 1968. She's like, okay, I can't. I, no, not happening. <laughs> However, in January, uh, so a couple weeks later, um, in 1968, a 19-year-old Linda Lawson uh, was selling encyclopedias, like, door-to-door, because uh, before the internet, that's how people got information. And like four news stations. Um, while he was working in his yard, so she was, uh, you know, walking. Um, but down the street trying to sell her uh, stuff, and he sounded enthusiastic about it and invited her. And uh, lured her down to the basement, um, reportedly to not worry the... Because during his uh, very long prison sentence, uh, he had lots of interviews. um, But reportedly did not disturb the people upstairs. Um, He would go down to the basement, which his wife and children were not allowed to enter under any circumstances. Um, and when she was um, down there, he hit her in the head, in the back of the head with a two by four. So he like sucker like, which is like a bitch shot. Like, if you're gonna like, how did he get this woman into the basement without his family seeing? Uh, get a par- like there was like a back entrance, like in um, you know how in Portland there's a lot of like strange like architecture. Yeah. Like, there was, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe it was, like, the basement, like, uh, in our old house, you know, where there's a, you get from, to it from the back door. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure about that. I didn't look up the things because I wouldn't have understood them anyway, but, um, or the layout, um, Sorry. You're fine. 
Oh, but anyway, yeah, she, uh, he lured her, he, he acted like he was gonna buy her encyclopedias, uh, so she was like, well, okay, like, this, I'm sure she was like, well, this probably sounds like a bad idea, but I need the money, um, I think she was a student, um, which was his type, like, he, he liked, you know, like, itty-bitty, like, students, like, from, which is, ugh. Oh, but he hit her in the head, in the back of the head with a two by four, um, strangled her, killed her, and then went upstairs to give his wife money and told her to take the kids for fast food. So, like, apparently, like, no one heard her, like, bash him in the side of the head. Or, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe he soundproofed it. These people are sick. I, I can't. Like, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to get into these people's heads. Um. Oh, and then he went back downstairs and, um, had his way with Linda's corpse. And then, uh, after that, he dressed her up in heels and lingerie, took pictures, uh, cut off one of her feet, uh, hence the name Shoe Fetish Slayer. And put it in his freezer so he could take it out and put, like, shoes on it from his, like, that he stole from other women. And, like, use it. Much like the underwear. Sometimes, apparently, there was, like, a combination of the two. Um, but yeah, he kept it in his freezer for later use. Um, and after his family went to sleep... He loaded her body in the car and threw her in the Long Tom River. Oh, I looked this up for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you wouldn't have. <laughs> the river's name from Long Tom River. Well, it rises in the Central Oregon Coast Range, just so you know, approximately uh, 10 miles west of Veneta. And uh, flows east through the mountains. The name uh, developed gradually during the 19th century in imitation of a native tribal group called Lung Tumbler. The Native American name of this Kalapoyan group is Lump Tumpuf, literally meaning spank his ass. It's spank his ass river. Oh, Oregon really is the Florida of the West Coast. I just can't. I, I, makes me bad they have better weed laws than us <laughs> but at least I'm willing to admit that now baby steps okay so anyway so after this murder he moved to a bigger house with a separate garage and like a workspace so you know how um um like some garages have like a like they have the garage part and then where you drive into and then like a separate room for like woodworking and like painting and stuff or whatever 
Uh, apparently he used it for murdering, but... I was um, about to say whatever in this case. Like, yeah. I guess it, covers a lot of things. Yeah, um, we'll get to whatever uh, in a minute. But yeah, he, um, this was apparently his, uh, his uh, favorite workshop. Um, but ten months after this murder, he moved to Salem... And he finds Jane Whitney stalled out on the I-5, like, between um, Portland and uh, Salem, I believe. Which, I mean, like, I, I thought of that and I was like, ooh, I think I've broken down near there before. <laughs> um, anyway, he offers to help, but he says he has to get uh, go get tools uh, uh, from his workshop. Which his, fam- which his wife and family are not allowed to go into again. Like, not allowed to use the garage. Not allowed to use the workshop in the garage. Not allowed to ask questions about the workshop in the garage, you know. We don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> um, it, the, that, however, that didn't work out well for him because we're talking about Fight Club. Um... So he drove her to his house um to quote get tools and then um like he acted like he went in and went in and get got tools and he which this like surprised me he like got a postal like leather postal strap and then like like slid in the back seat behind her cuz she was in the front passenger seat And secured it around her neck and then, like, from the outside. And, like, somehow, like, you, like, kept a hold of it while he got out and slammed the door to secure it. And then... Like, watched her die. Like, from the outside. Like, from standing outside the car. That makes sense. You... Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. It's just... Fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... He watched her die, and then... Like, in front of his house. With his family and children inside. Like, with that, I was like... Mm. I had to take I had to take a dab after I heard that. I was like, ooh, that's some that's some shit. Um So while he was still like right out front, like in broad daylight, he um had fun with her corpse in the front seat, and then he like drove her right into the like garage and he hung her from a hook in his workshop like a piece of meat um and kept her there for five days uh repeatedly assaulting her and uh, during the like five day stretch uh he took his family on a weekend and this is where i'm just like this bastard um, he almost gets caught because, uh, there's, like, a freak accident while he's off on holiday. So, 
uh, Jane Whitney's body is, like, in his, like, in his workshop, just, like, you know, he, like, had a couple days with it and then went on holiday and then apparently planned to dispose of her when he got back. And, uh... Um, there was a freak accident, like, somebody, like, somebody accidentally, like, ran into his workshop with their car, but they only, like, hit it a little bit, apparently, um, because the person who hit the, hit the garage tried to look in to see, like, oh, no, like, did I hurt anyone, like, is there some, like, like, I don't know, is there, like, a fire now, or I don't know. I don't know if he was just being nosy or not, but he couldn't see, um, but they were unable to see, uh, Whitney bodies hanging there, and I think even the cop looked to just, like, assess the damage. Um, however, this close call fed his ego when he returned home, um, and he later dumped her in the river. Um, he escalated, uh, from victims of opportunity uh, to picking and stalking his victims. Um, at this time he went to a, to a parking lot by the mall in Salem and picked the first woman he saw. Um, he kidnapped a, a USO student named Karen Sprinker when she was, uh, meeting her mother for lunch. Like, oof. Um... Uh, but anyway, he waited, like, in a, like, behind a corner and then, um, forced his, forced Karen into his car with a toy gun. Uh, this time he kept her alive in the workshop and had her dress up in the stolen underwear and pose for him to take pictures. And while he did that, like he did with his wife, like, years before, um, and then he hung her from with a rope uh, from the ceiling, strangling her slowly. So he, like, had the rope, like, taking pictures, and then, like, when he felt like he had enough, he just, like, like, cranked it up more. Like, he had... I don't I don't know how to describe it, because I'm not, like... I think it's, like, what they use to put, like, engines in cars. A pulley? Uh, yeah, it's, like, attached to the ceiling, and you crank it. I don't know. Sounds like a pulley. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and then while she was dying, he went up and had a snack and watched cartoons. So he, like, left her there to just, like, go chill out. And then he, quote, abused the corpse and removed her breast, attempted to make a bronze cast of them. And then he secured her to an engine block and threw her over the bridge into the Long Tom River again. And, like, he put, like, apparently, like, he put the, the, uh, the bronze cast of the, of Karen's breast on his mantle. Like, just, to, just for everyone to see. 
right, and then this, uh, he went through a period, he had um, un- unsuccessful kidnapping attempts, one on a college student who fought back and startled him. Uh, he knocked her unconscious, but um, he ended up fleeing in his truck. And then on a 12-year-old walking home alone uh, from school who ran to a woman um, they passed who was gardening in her front yard. Uh, both times he fled in his truck and got away. Um, then he upped his game, so to speak, and bought a fake police badge and trolled mid, mid-center mall in Portland. He spotted 22-year-old Linda Sally walking home walking to her car with her with birthday presents for her boyfriend um he stopped her uh with a fake badge and accused her of shoplifting like with a bs story about like how there's been a lot of shoplifters um shoplifting recently and she had to go down to station the station for questioning uh he drove her straight into his garage however uh tied her up in the workshop, ate dinner with her family, and then dressed her in, uh, he dressed her up, uh, and then, like, he, like, took her down and dressed her up, and then hoisted her back up to take pictures, and then, again, when he felt like he had enough, he just, like, cranked it a couple more, and, like, and then, uh, once she died, he tied her to another engine block and threw her in the river. On May 10th, 1969, a fisherman uh, discovered one of the women floating down the river. Um, and, like, mind you, like, all of these families are very much looking for these, like, children. Because, like, that's what most of... I think the oldest one was 22? But, yeah, like, babies. Um... But yeah, uh, discovered one of the women floating down the river and called the police. Uh, it happened to be Linda Sally, who was strangled. Um, they searched the river and then found Karen. Um, however, Jerome was confident he wouldn't get caught. How, like, although they noticed, like, Karen was uh, secured down with, an, like, a, an electrician's knot that, um... Like, they used to uh, pull through, like, pull wire through a house, apparently. Um, Which will be important later. Um, But anyway, police searched uh, the campuses um, for other women who had close calls. Like, there have been other, like, you know, like, weirdos he'd been trolling to, like, find victims and... You know, like, they had to be, like, the right one, I guess. Um, so I guess if they, like, turned him off or any way or seemed like they would fight back, he just, like, leave, leave him alone. Um, however, one woman apparently went on a date with him because not only, like, while he was killing and raping, like, women, he was also actively, like, cheating on his wife. Surprise, surprise. Um... And this, um, the student agreed to call the police if he called for a date again, which he did. And when, uh, so she set up the date with him and the police showed up, um, and he didn't have a problem giving him their name, his name, because he's an idiot. 
um, and thought, like, oh, well, I'll outsmart the police, like, which he didn't. Um, but yeah, he had no problem giving his name of Jerome Bruto, and they did a background, a background search and found he was not only an electrician, but about his hospital stay. After this, the detective went to his house and noticed similar rope to the one the bodies had been tied down with. Uh, they didn't have enough for a search warrant. So, because they didn't have enough for a search warrant, guess what this motherfucker did? Hmm. He asked him if they wanted some because they saw him looking at it. He was like, oh, I see you looking at the rope. Do you want some? So he cut it off and gave it to him. Hmm. Uh, He was just like, oh, they're not going to like get me for shit. They got him for shit. Spoiler. Um, Okay, and anyway, after they matched the rope, they got a search warrant for his car. But during this time, he apparently quietly went to an attorney and conveniently, like, cleaned everything up, like, in his car and uh, went to a car wash. And his son left the window down, and that's why, like, everything inside the car was soaked and scrubbed with, like, chemicals. Because his son left the windows down. I mean, that's what he said. I'm, I'm, I'm not God. Um, but anyway, uh, the police, uh, like, couldn't find anything in his car after they cleaned it. Um... Uh, so they went to the 12-year-old with a, like, picture lineup to, um, try and at least get him on attempted kidnapping. And they were like, well, look carefully. They made sure they, like, followed the law to the T. So they were pretty sure they, like, had the guy. They were like, he's an electrician. He's, like, crazy. And they had all the notes from the psychiatric hospital. Um... So, yeah. Um, So, they had the 12-year-old look at um, a picture lineup, and she picked uh, Jerome Bruto out of uh, the pictures. Um, So, they arrested him on attempted kidnapping, apparently trying to flee to Canada, and he, like, jumped in the, the back seat and hid under a blanket and had, like, um... He was wearing ladies' silk underwear because, quote, they were more comfortable. Like, I don't know if they asked him or he just volunteered that information. (laughs) Uh, We're getting into, like, the volunteering. He he apparently volunteered a lot. Um, So they arrested him. And then midnight of that night, he called the detective. And the detective came down and he eventually confessed, confessed everything. Um... Like, not, like, he showed no remorse. I mean, I don't, like, he had, he had her boobs on the mantle. I don't think, like, he was bragging at this point, um, which is how we have all of this information. But on June 3rd of 1969, they executed a search warrant 
for his workshop where they found the pictures, the paperweight breasts on the mantle, um, and, uh, like, the shoe in the freezer, along with, like, a whole bunch of other, like, physical evidence and, like, items, like, that the women had on them at the time of their death. Um, so his, uh, lawyer, like, he tried to go for a, um, not guilty by, um, what is it called? Like, insanity? Yeah, plea of insanity. Yeah, um, he ended up having seven evaluations, all came back that he was not criminally insane. Um, he pled guilty at, just to avoid, like, his, like... I guess name getting out there too much. But I mean, like, dude, you you cut off a woman's foot and kept it in a freezer. Um, <laughs> you're going to get talked about. But anyway, um, he pled uh, guilty and was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences and became the longest uh, resident of Oregon State Penitentiary when he died of liver cancer on uh, March 2006 alone as it should be so that is our first episode or segment I don't know I hope you enjoyed listening I'm gonna go to bed I'm stoned One more.